Good morning, and welcome to another exciting edition of Day 5 Guide Day, Guide Day number 2 here at BTL. And when you know it, we're only two in, and we already have an, an in-studio guest. A, a Not chance circumstance, JP. What do you call it? Like, good fortune yeah, that good. you happen to be uh, in town. Big JP. JP, your last name is Pelletier? Pelletier. Pelletier. Yeah. Uh, all the way from New York, actually, in town, in uh, in state in Oklahoma for a, a business venture, but also a guide on probably the greatest fishery in the country, Thousand Islands, as well as some other ones up in New York. So I said, hey, JP, I got this new show, Day 5, Guide Day, where we talk about guides. You're an hour and a half away. I'm going to come pick you up, bring you down, and we're going to talk about guiding. Absolutely. And I couldn't wait. I am uh, very happy to have the opportunity and I appreciate it. All right. Uh, New York, it, it shocks me uh, as I travel around the country. People say, well, where's your favorite place to fish? Like I said, I just got back from Mexico. So Mexico's it, it, it's totally different world. But my answer day in and day out is New York. And everyone looks at me like you got to be freaking crazy. New York for fishing. And I think there's a lot of people that haven't been to the western half and northern part of New York, and they think of New York like I grew up in Illinois, so they just think Chicago, right? Right. Well, I'm like cornfields in central Illinois where I grew up. There's like a completely different world in New York, and that's kind of where you cut your teeth and where you live and guide. Yeah, so basically, you know, New York State's basically two states in one in the lower half, a massive city, as everybody knows, and... uh the northern half and especially the western northern half of the state is uh, phenomenal fishing. It's kind of like a hidden gem, you know. I mean, everybody knows it's good, but it still hasn't been exploited by enough people. Yeah, so we're talking uh, Oneida, Thousand Islands, Lake Ontario, Champlain, those places. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, you guide on all those places. I guide on all them places, yeah. So I cut my teeth on uh, Lake Champlain, southern end, thick grass, big largemouth, loved it there. Um, 2002 to like 2009 it was the lake i concentrated on the most uh had a lot of tournament success down on the south end of the lake and uh it was great you know the lakes changed a lot there's not as much grass as there used to be um the largemouth just don't seem to be as prevalent as they used to be but as across the whole state smallmouth bass have just exploded and it definitely is a destination spot northern champlain uh the saint lawrence river lake ontario and even oneida lake oneida lake is like a miniature lake ontario right now the, the fish are just getting absolutely you know, gigantic that's all goby related isn't it yes so i i would say uh, about seven years ago uh oneida lake got hit with some type of a disease or a winter kill and uh, the fish numbers were way down um years ago it was nothing to go there and catch 50 to 63 pound bass <clears throat> and if you had 15 to 16 and a half pounds you were going to be really competitive yeah, i remember that for there. the elite series like it was the schooling fish were 15 16 pounds i remember creed out there with like a tube and you think he had like 17 one day or chad griffin had 17 18 on that top water and that was like a you know most of those smallmouth bags were like 14 pounds yeah 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 17 18 pounds was huge you're doing something now 18 pounds is still real good yeah. right depending on what time of the year you go there i fished in a eight fish tournament there in the fall uh, not this fall, but the fall before, and we had 34 and a half pounds on eight fish and didn't win. 
wow. Yeah, it was Yeah, because I've been there for the Open the last couple of years, and Oneida is one of the most enjoyable lakes. And then, obviously, we do uh, Kurt Dove's Pro Bass Camp uh, up there on Oneida. And it's it's a sh- shockingly enjoyable lake for something that you think of just a solid limit. Like, there's a lot of three and three quarter to four and a quarter pound smallmouth, and then you're seeing the occasional five, five and a half now. Yeah, and if you go later in the year in October, early November, like fives are normal. Really? So yeah. it gets better the later it gets. Yeah, that lake really seems to be seasonally dependent on how the bite's going to be, right? So ice out through the spawn, immediate post-spawn is good. And then you get to like the end of July through August, kind of tough. Still some good fish, but not as many. And uh, like if you went there in the middle of August in the dog days of the summer, you I'm- could go out and basically be like, do I know what I'm doing yeah. or have it's the time natural. of your life? Right. And then if you want to go out and just throw an a rig in the fall, it's, you'll be like, where are these fish all the time? It's crazy. I got you. So, uh, I see you got the smallmouth crush sweatshirt on oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, obviously everyone knows, uh, Travis Manson from smallmouth crush. Uh, one of my good buddies guides up on thousand islands. So you're guiding, do you guide? How do, how does that work? Do you do independent guiding? Do you guide with him? Is it a, team deal is it a little bit of both yeah so i get um i get overflow clients from travis and if i have overflow i gladly let him know that i have him uh he's pretty well booked most of the time right yeah i try to reciprocate as much as possible it's funny you know i met travis in uh 2009 uh at a it was a flw bfl ticonderoga and it was in the Walmart parking lot because back then they <laughs> used remember, to have the You had the to register in the freaking parking lot of the Walmart and they had everything set up and it was like a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm felt special. And, like everyone in the Walmart, like what the hell is going on on that side? And they'd block off half of the Walmart. They had the stage set up and you'd register and all that. I remember yeah, it was that. back when they did it right, man. It made yeah, you yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. even though you're just like a local angler, yeah. it was special when those tournaments They took your to money town, with you know? class back then. Yeah. <laughs> So like they're doing the pre-tournament meeting and um, I'm kind of standing in the back and I turned around and I, I, I saw this guy standing over in the corner and I'm like, man, he looks familiar. And uh, a good friend of mine, RC Cooper was uh, friends with Travis. And I'm like, man, I think RC Cooper's friends with that guy. I think that's Travis Manson. Didn't RC Cooper like rob a plane and then jump out with a parachute back in the day and they never found him. I think that he was in the military and jumped out of plenty of planes, but that was maybe D.B. Cooper. <laughs> you know who D.B. Cooper is, right? No, I don't. You've never heard of D.B. Cooper? No. Get out of here. Never once. Here, let me Google it real quick. <laughs> Sorry, I was... Uh... What was this, his name? Uh, uh, R.C. Cooper. He just the FLW R. C. Tour Okay, D.B. Cooper is an unidentified man who hijacked Northwestern Orient Air Flight 305 <laughs> in a Boeing 727. He sat down in a suit with sunglasses then he demanded a large ransom sum. They landed. They got back up in the air. And then he had a parachute and he jumped out of the parachute with all the money and they never found him. Kind you haven't seen ass. this? You need to Google no, this. I'm going to Google is, that when I get back This is one the of the greatest mystery stories ever. <laughs> there, are still, there are still people to this day that are searching for D.B. Cooper and his money. So anyway, back to R.J. Okay, Cooper. So anyway, so I walk over and I go, hey, man, you look kind of familiar my name's JP. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm Travis. I'm like, Oh, you are Travis Manson. So, uh, a, a, just a short conversation in the parking lot. He was like trying to secure points for angler. The yeah. year. This is back when he was really fishing a lot of tournaments and everything. And, uh, he's like, I'm running all the way up to the North end and catching smallmouths and everything. And I'm like, dude, you can stay like right at the ramp and catch 20 pounds. I'll have 20 pounds tomorrow, you know? 
And he's like, yeah, all right. You know, it was like the first time I met him. And uh, anyway, at the end of the day, he came in and he had enough to keep the angler to your points. And I had 20 pounds. I think I took second place in that tournament. And uh, it's turned into a, a, a pretty good friendship, a close friend of mine mm -hmm. since then. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyway, over the years, he had kept hinting at me, you know, oh, you should go and get your captain's license. You know, you should get your captain's license. I'm moving up there. You really should think about getting the captain's license. I never thought he'd actually move yeah right and he did <laughs> so i called the bluff and i'm like i'm taking this license course this this winter so i got to take a lot of time off from work to do it because it's an 11 day class if you go and take it straight up nine days of testing or i mean nine days of uh learning and two yeah. days of testing right and uh he was like all right cool so i took it and i passed and then you know it's been pretty good we became even closer friends I, I see him pretty much every weekend from the opening to the season until the end so which is weird to me that you guys have seasons when you can target the bass yeah what is this what and then aren't there like different counties and stuff like that too or sure so like oneida lake we can catch bass from ice out until ice okay. catch and release right okay champlain same thing okay jefferson county lake ontario the eastern basin of lake ontario and the river up past I want to say it's Augensburg. I'm not 100% certain. Um, you can't target the bass. It closes on uh, November 15th, and then it reopens on opening day, June 15th. So June 15th to November 15th. The season for smallmouth on the St. Lawrence is only five months? Yeah, yeah five, five and a half months, yeah. I didn't realize that. Uh, Which is probably why it's so good. Yeah. So would you say that the St. Lawrence if is is probably your primary guiding area? Like yes. St. Lawrence River, Lake Ontario. On? That's that's the preferred spot to guide out of. I like I like doing Oneida too. Like I said, from as far as like making sure that the client has the best experience possible, I would not go to Oneida Lake on a guide trip in the dog days of summer in August. I don't think that that would be uh, a popular pick. The St. Lawrence River, on the other hand, is uh, really good that time of year. Uh, this past summer, I had some every every time I went out, it just seemed like it was talk numbers because people won't believe this for smallmouth. Like, I mean, I've seen this in person. I know this is a hundred percent legit. Like the numbers, as far as you know, a lot of tournament anglers watching this. Like your best five what an average day is during yeah. 25 during pounds season. is the goal for me to get a client when he comes up there. And then I had numerous 27, 28, 29 pound days this summer. The The place just keeps getting better and better. And I'll, I'll tell you the first few times I went out there, um, I fished three ABAs and after the third one, I put it on the trailer and said, I'll never come back here. <clears throat> and excuse me. And, uh, why is that man? I had like three weekends that i went up and just couldn't figure out how to fish in the river it's intimidating when you first go out and you're in that big heavy current right it's massive trying to break down an area yeah. knowing what i know now you know um it's not nearly as in, as intimidating as it was but to drive all the way out there and then have three weekends where you caught diddly crap i was like i ain't never coming back <laughs> and now and, you got uh, it out there <laughs> now now it's like i, I want to move out there <laughs> yeah. okay so for for the average guy who's never been to the St. Lawrence River, to Lake Ontario, to that whole kind of part of the country, they've probably seen it on the Elite Series or on the BPT. Uh, just describe what that fishery is kind of from 
Ontario moving into the river. And I'm going to pull it up on uh, Google Earth over okay, here, sure. too. So, you know, the, the eastern basin of Lake Ontario, um, you have uh, a lot of shallow rock, sand flats. You go into some of the bays, there's there's weeds. The smallmouth will get in them weeds. Um, you, you go want to venture further out, you got the islands, right? And the 100% gobi, the, the gobi-oriented fish out deep, 35, 40 feet deep. Uh, you can fish on the the United States side, and you can fish on the Canadian side. Though the one good thing is you can start guiding earlier with that early Canadian okay. season, which is uh, early April until May 10th. Um, pre-spawn, the shallow bite's really good. You know, there's always fish deep and shallow, but there, there's a lot of shallow fish. Post-spawn is really fun, throwing uh, you know horizontal presentations shallow tons of fish you see wolf packs of fish where like, you're just like you're, you're not talking we're not talking like forward facing sonar we're talking visually yeah seeing i'm talking these sight five fishing. to seven pound small yeah, yeah swimming around like in a swimming pool yes it's crystal clear water you can see straight to the bottom and 12 feet of water uh good i mean you can see the bottom deeper than that but picking fish out 10 feet 12 feet or less um it's just phenomenal, man. You make that long cast and you're reeling it in, and then all of a sudden there's a black cloud behind it, right? And there's 30 of them. <laughs> and then at that time of the year, sometimes you can catch 20 of the 30, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was kind of like one or two out of the wolf pack and they're done. But man. that maybe just because I've been there and I haven't ever been there when the shallow bites like really popping off. Right. So one of the things, and we were talking about this earlier, one of the things I learned uh, over the past few years is that patience is a virtue for myself mm -hmm. anyway if i get into an area shallow deep doesn't matter and i know that the potential's there and we're getting bit right i'm not in a real big rush to go and try to find another area the areas have fish right you might have to back off fish in the general area for a while come back right but they're there and they will bite and the clients definitely leave happy so if i want to go I could almost equate it based on what I've seen. And like I said, I have limited, limited shallow experience there. I probably spent five days shallow my whole life on Lake Ontario and thousand islands, but it's almost like bone fishing in a way. Like as far as like you see the fit, you know, like the bone fish in the salt water, <laughs> oh, yeah. like it's crystal clear. You see them, you lead it. When you hook the thing, it's just chaos afterwards. But like when is the prime time to target like the shout, like if I wanted to spend three days or two days and I'm like, I, I want to see everything, either a little swim bait or an underspin or a fly, uh, a hair jig, little black. When we say hair jig, explain what I, the hair is up there. It'd be actually. a marabou jig. It's like a little eighth ounce black marabou jig. It yep. does nothing in the smallmouth eat it. Like it's. Yeah. For some reason, they just love that. Thing, yeah. Right? It's it nuts. Like a little mat or something. When so is the cool. prime time if I want? And I understand it's all weather dependent. Yeah. Weather we'll dependent. I, I would say for myself personally. I would think the second and third week in July. Okay. Post-spawn, they're still shallow, they're cruising, they're schooling, and they're chilling. Okay. So that's for if I just want to go out and say, JP, I don't care about the 30 to 40 foot deep fish. I want to see these suckers eat it, and I want to fight them in 10 foot or less. Yeah. And basically, you know, you could just launch and put your trolling motor down and just keep the trolling motor on high, and you're going to run into a school of fish, you know eventually just running down any shoreline i mean so as a guide then you kind of have do you talk to your clients like do, do you have guys who get in the boat who say i want to chase them shallow today yeah so that's funny so last year we had this, these guys fly in from texas it was a father and son 
and they went with me and they wanted to fish deep right they're like oh we want they fish. wanted to fish deep we want to fish deep we want to go deep right so i'm like all right we'll go deep so we went out and it was like calm right so we i launched out of uh cape vincent and i went out mouth of the lake and i got about six miles out and all of a sudden i'm like man it ain't calm anymore it's getting rough right and i get out to the spot and i'm like dang dude we're on like four footers and they're catching fish right <clears throat> Um, they were getting some quality bites, and then as the day was going on, the wind started to lay down, and I'm like, guys, if you want to get that big fish, you know, that six-plus, we got we got to go shallow. I got a spot, right? I'll bring you in there, get you a, a six-pounder. You know, I can't guarantee it, but... Smallmouth, which is clarify. Six-pound yeah, smallmouth six bass. Yeah, six-pound smallmouth bass. Okay, yeah. which is everybody who's listening to this, probably 99.9% .9 of people's personal best. Would be their personal best, yes. most likely, yeah. yeah. So, no, we want to fish deep. We want to fish deep. So I kind of was like, all right, well, I got a spot deep on the way in. Let's go. So we went in, right, and I stopped on a, a rock I had out deep, <clears throat> and there was nothing there. And I'm like, all right, come on. We only got an hour left. Let's go. And I got into these little seams that I got up shallow, and uh, I'm like, don't even cast. We're just going to make a pass through and look. So we, we made a pass through, backed off, and I'm looking. I go, all right, I see her, but let me just circle the boat back around. And I circled the boat back around. And I'm like, see that little corner right there? She's sitting right in there, right? And then I see the kid pitch it over, and I see the line start swimming out. And I'm like, she's got it, bud. Set the hook. And he sets the hook, and it was a 6'7". You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Which takes, on that stuff, three to five minutes to land. Yeah, yeah. The thing's ripping, drag, going crazy, jumping all over the place, right? And we get the fish in, and we take a bunch of pictures, and we wait and everything. The kid's ecstatic, right? And I go, dang, probably wish we came in here a little earlier, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Explain the river then. Uh, I know that it is a completely different animal. When people hear of Thousand Islands, uh, a lot of them don't associate it with the Lake Ontario thing. Obviously, there are times when Lake Ontario is a, a no-go just for safety. And then you're kind of stuck in the... No, I wouldn't say stuck, but then you're fishing in the river. Uh, but kind of talk about how the river breaks down. Because like, if you look at it, if I pull it up on Google Earth here and you look at it, this is... This is an intimidating body of water if you don't know how to get around. Like it is probably in the world one of the top five toughest freshwater places to just dump your boat in and figure out where the hell you want to go. Right, right. So I, I actually live right close to Albany, New York, and I'm five minutes from the Hudson River. And everybody says, oh, the mighty Hudson, the mighty Hudson. And then you go up to the St. Lawrence River and you're like, the Hudson River looks like a creek, right? The, it, the river is miles wide in some areas broken up by all these islands and shoals and some of them ain't marked right <clears throat> it's, it's pretty dangerous if you don't know your way around there's actually one spot over uh over near a cape vincent where there's actually lower units laying on the top of the shoal where the guys were driving <laughs> across and the lower units are just sitting there you know and um you know the, the best advice i can give for learning the river is you just have to keep drifting until you find areas that there's fishing right because there's a lot of areas that look like they're going to have a lot of potential and you'll just be drifting forever and forever. And, and, and just as you think you want to quit, bang, you get one and then another 40 yards, bang, you got another one. And then, you know, you start, start making your wave points on it and you start realizing, man, there's a lot more fish down there than I thought there was. And then you find the sweet spot. And then when you start looking at the shoreline and how that area is setting up, then, then the light starts going off, right? Oh, mm -hmm. I know an area that kind of sets up like this, right? And you'll go to that other area and then, oh, there it is. And that's what took me a couple of years to figure out. I'm, I'm going in there and trying to fish bays off of the river because I was very intimidated by the current, mm -hmm. which I think most people that have never been there would be. I mean, some of the 
some of the structure sticking out and then you're trying to go on the seam close to it and you're fishing backwards, right? You're drifting backwards at two miles an hour this whole time. Yeah. And then you're paranoid because you're looking behind you and your boat's swinging in towards this big mm -hmm. structure sitting out of the water. And it's easy to be like, I ain't never going to learn this. I got to get out of here. At least it was for me. I, I didn't put the time in, but time on the water and being very observant to the, the bottoms, uh, mega three sixty is huge on the river you know live scope's good in the river too but mega 360 i I actually told travis i was thinking about taking my mega 360 off because i never turned it on and i was like i'm just getting it off it's taking and he's like you can't be up here without mega 360 on so i started turning it on and i'm like oh man now i understand why these fish are setting up in this spot right so i, I got into the last time i was there and i'll throw it up right here uh that canadian narrows on that far side kind of underneath that bridge you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah. where it's like chaos <laughs> and then it's like that crystal blue water i tried to describe it to someone as like have you ever seen the movie like the chronicles of narnia yeah. <laughs> like it feels like you're in narnia when you go under that bridge and you're around all those islands but uh explain the drifting thing too because i think most people also think like i would think well if i'm going to pay for a guide trip i don't just want to drift but it's like active drifting is the way i would describe it it's not like catfish drifting yeah right so basically you know i get into an area that i want to be at uh, basically I'll, I'll run up to the area turn turn the boat nose nose towards the lake and then i'll tell them listen cast out and just keep your bail open for a while i'll let you know when to close mm -hmm. it or whatever and a lot of guys do say that when we first got oh what we're gonna do is drift and i'm like man just give me an hour right yeah. if you don't like it after the hour we'll go do something else or whatever and uh then i'll be like all right close your bails you know and uh, i'm like as soon as that rod starts bouncing and it's a yeah that steady boom boom which is your jig your ned your drop shot weight whatever it is just ticking off of that bottom as you move backwards in yep. what 20 to 50 foot of water yeah yeah 30 to 60 feet yeah, yeah really and uh which sounds wild it sounds wild it, it really is until you do it and you're like <laughs> okay this is manageable but like just the concept of it for so many bass fishermen is bizarre yeah, i don't I think, think you uh, understand that because you're from new york guy from illinois who grew up in oklahoma if you're from alabama anywhere it's like okay right two They're mile an hour current 50 and... <laughs> foot deep eight pound test it, it, it it's definitely intimidating even like for myself because i grew up on lake champlain fishing you know the, the south end the north end oneida lake i was used to fishing oneida is not that deep but northern champlain we fished deep drop shotting for the bass and stuff but that current just adds a whole new uh dynamic to it all and uh so you'll be feeling it right boom 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 and then all of a sudden just boom and uh, a lot of the guys, you know, they, they fly in and they ain't used to fishing that far behind the boat and they don't really feel like a boat. And I'm like, hey, you got one, bud, set the hook. Oh, I do. And they set the hook. Oh, yeah, I got one. And then it's funny, too, because even some of the smaller fish, because you catch small ones, too, you know, like, dang, this thing's pulling hard, right? And I'm like, yeah, it is. But you could tell, you know, by the head shakes, I can tell, you know, right away. And I'm like, oh, that one's going to be small, man. It's not shaking. What's the difference in that head shakes? Man, the whole rod will just be bouncing as that big fish is shaking its head back and forth and when you get them smaller ones all they kind of do is just kind of just keep trying to swim away right so it feels like it's heavy right and when you're reeling it in you'll, you if you know right you'll be like i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure this is going to be a small one and uh or you'll see that rod bounce and be like all right buddy you got a good one on there hold on to it and comes up and it's five and a half to six pounds and they're like okay i like this drifting thing 
and the doubles. I mean, I don't know how many doubles we had this year. We got the two guys in there, and both of them are hooked up, and both the fish are four and a half to five and a half pounds, and they're just tickled to death, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, primarily, then, you don't go out of just one ramp. Like, it's kind of an area that you launch out of, and that's kind of based on where the bite is and wind dependent, right? Mainly kind of wind dependent and what, where you, where you can and go. But I mean, you're out of anywhere from what, like Clayton, Cape Vincent, uh, mud Bay on the lake. Yeah. Mud Bay. I mean, Shamo. Yep. Isthma, Shamo. Last time I was up there, I thought it was interesting. You were actually, I don't think you had any guide clients and you were going to check an area like, on your own volition at nine o'clock at night, basically for the guide clients that were coming in the next couple oh, of days. To you no, know, ac actually that was, that was, I had clients. Oh, you did. And they had the next day and you guys were fishing the open and we can't talk about that area, but Travis was like, Hey, I got this other area. See if those kids want to go fishing this afternoon. That way we ain't got to mess with these guys with the opens oh, and see if there's okay. some big ones over on this set. And it was pretty far drive. And I went over there and we caught a ton of fish, but none of them were over three pounds. So I was yeah. like, now nah, we ain't going to mess with it tomorrow. So. so how many fish are we talking about a day? It's obviously a trophy fishery. It has some of the biggest smallmouth bass in the country there. Is it, uh, is it a deal where, hey, you're you're getting you're like, what are we talking numbers wise? Would you say an average day with decent weather on the lake and then the river? Fifteen to twenty quality fish is what per boat or per person. Uh, if there's two guys in the boat, twenty to twenty five. Wow. Okay. One guy, I'm I'm happy if I can get him fifteen to twenty, and they're they're quality fish, right? I mean. We're fishing really good areas. We're targeting big fish. You could go to other areas, and I could have the guy catch sixty fish. In so if there's a guy who goes, listen, I just want my rod bent. I don't care if they're two pounders or six pounders. I just want to catch as many as possible. That changes things completely. Yeah, just go over to the nursery, right? I mean, there's a couple of okay structures where they're just always on there. And so if, if you want to go, wants, just catch, or you have a young kids with you who you're like maybe you want to catch a trophy but you want to make sure the kids catch a bunch you can go <laughs> spend a couple hours at what you call the nursery then you can go out and drag or go shallow to try to get that trophy yeah yeah so i i, I brought i brought my father and my son up on us on uh it was actually the day that um the the last day of the open mm -hmm. and uh my son god bless him he had a great day he caught 27 pounds by himself on In five, five fish in a very short amount of time, but you got to remember he's only nine, right? Yeah. So 20 minutes between bites, the interest is going away. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, or if he loses one, he got, he got upset. And I'm like, why are you getting upset? You just caught a five eighty five ten 10 minutes ago. You don't need to be upset. There's plenty of fish down there. So with the kids. Yeah. I, I mean, unless the father's like, I want this kid to catch the biggest smallmouth, you know, possible. Yeah. I would probably lean more towards going towards the lake getting more bites to some of them nursery holes yeah mm -hmm. so what's i know there's some magic days out there what's like the craziest best case scenario guiding day that you've had where you just get off the water and you're like those people have no idea how epic this oh just yes was. i had a i had a guy come in and uh originally it was supposed to be this gentleman and his daughter and Travis was going to take the guy and I was going to take his daughter Okay. <clears throat> and his daughter backed out because she was kind of scared of the, the wind or whatever. Okay. So th this guy's buddy came last minute. Right. And, uh, 
he comes up and I'm like, all right, we're going out on the lake the first day. It's going to be flat, calm. We're going right. So we go out there and we're fishing around and he's catching fours and fours and four and a halfs. And then all of a sudden he catches a seven, four, a set, like a one, seven, two, three, four. four, five, six, seven, and then four ounce. And it's a small mouth, seven pound, four ounce. So okay. he, he, I go, there's one right there, man. Flip over there. So he flips over and I go, that fish swam down on it. And he's like, oh, I got him. And then it ripped drag for what seemed like 15 seconds straight. And I'm like, hmm, kind of acting drummy, you know? And he started reeling it. And he's like, man, it won't come up, right? And he's not really gaining. And then it ripped drag again for like another 15, 20 seconds. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's definitely a drum. So then he grabs the line and squeezes the rod and pulls. And I'm like, no, don't do that just in case it isn't, you know? And, you know, like two minutes later, finally, the fish starts coming up off the bottom excuse me and uh i see the color and i go oh man dude you got the biggest smallmouth of your life right there and this fish comes up and it was so tired it just kind of floated up like yeah. a blimp and i netted it and i threw it in the boat and i go man that that's a legit seven and we weighed it and it was seven pounds four ounces right so <laughs> and the guy he's like i can't believe it and he's holding the fish and i'm like look at that lump right and and uh i have to put the, the picture on my website but that had a big hammer hump really right behind its eye on the top of its head you know and i had him for two days so the next day i was like all right let's go in the river and he caught 11 fish over five pounds the second day and he goes jp this is just the best two days of fishing of my life so that's a five pounder more than every hour oh yeah like a five pounder every half hour to 45 minutes yeah this guy was having <laughs> and it the takes best. five to ten minutes to catch land photograph and get back up where you're drifting yeah and we learned a lot that day too because as i was in this area that we were catching these fish i'm like man i gotta like expand on this because yeah. this guy's already having a really good day right so now i can i can mess around a little bit right because that's the beauty of guiding too right if the guy catches five five pounders i can go look for something new because yeah. he's already tickled pink and if we hit a spot and we don't hit anything we'll come back so i'm like man i'm gonna tell you what we're just gonna keep on drifting and he's going through this area, right? And I could see his rod bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And then all of a sudden, he's like, my rod's not bouncing anymore. And I'm like, all right, just let it keep going. And I'm looking, and I don't see nothing on the screen, you know, rock-wise or nothing on 360. And then all of a sudden, bang, he's got a bite, right? And five and a quarter. And I'm like, oh, there's just a roamer out here just swimming around. So I'm like, I wonder how many of them there are. And we just started expanding on that. And the area went from what I thought was maybe like a eighth of a mile stretch into a mile stretch where i was like man mm -hmm. i can drift this whole thing with people and feel real confident that at any point they're going to get bit then i started messing with the, the depths all right we were catching them at 36 but if i move the boat out i'm going to be in 54 we move out bang he gets one right i'm like oh man this area has There's a lot, a lot more fish, potential man. it was just loaded it was 11 over five in one day yeah that guy calls me and texts me all the time we, we became pretty good friends yeah, call and text you all the time too <laughs> uh, as far as time on the water uh i know people vacation up there uh is it is it a full day deal can you do a half day trip what do you recommend like duration wise uh i had a uh Last week, uh, Justin was like, hey, you know, this clown knife fish and this cichlids, it's cool. Like, come for a day, maybe two days, but you don't want to do like a three days or a week. Like, it's a bucket list trip. Is this something that you'd recommend uh, 
a one day deal? Can you do a half day? Is it something that you could do a three day, four night trip and do something different every day? Just talk about kind of duration for people who are looking to come up. Yeah, there. I really think it depends on what type of a fisherman you are, right? So like if you're hardcore and you want to see what the whole system has to offer and you want to plan, man, I want to go out on the lake and I want to catch some sallow fish. I want to catch some deep fish, but I also want to get in the river and I want to see what this current is, right? Yeah. I would say two days, right? Yeah. Maybe three because yep. one day you're always going to probably get blown to the point where it's just not fun yeah. on the lake. You still catch and them. You can still, but that's when you guys, that's key because I also, I've got buddies who are like, well, I'm not going to go up there because there's a 50-50 chance we're not going to be able to get out there. And I'm like, well, Thousand Islands is a little different because- yeah, you might not be able to go out to the galoos or you might not be able to go way the hell out in the lake, but you can stay in a bay. There's going to be protected. If you're with some guy who takes out a more than one ramp, you might be able to put it in the river. You obviously can put it in the river and fish different stuff. I mean, unless it's just gale force, you can always get on the water somewhere on the St. Lawrence. Yeah, it seems like you could always get on the river. Um, there's always a ramp further yeah. up that's protected. Which is key if you're there from a thousand miles away and you're yeah. there to catch smallmouth. Like if you, the problem with Erie, in my opinion, sometimes like if you're doing the walleye fishing thing at Erie, you just wake up in the morning and know, yeah, now we're not going. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. We definitely have some protection up there. And if you were flying in, I would definitely recommend that you do two days so that you definitely, yeah. you know, you just spend all that money just to if get you're there. You're flying anyway. in, do three. Yeah. And then you'll, you'll pretty much have at least one epic day out of those three. Yeah. And I had uh, quite a few times where I do a, um, a Saturday six to two is a normal trip. Right. Okay. And then I do a four to seven or a four to seven thirty Cause it doesn't get dark until nine. Yeah. Right. And then, so the you could day, do a daylight to dark with the same people though. Oh, I could do that. Done that. Yeah. yeah. Guy came from Maryland and he's like, Hey, I want to, I want to extend the day. I'm like, we'll stay out as long as you want. Yeah. You know? So yeah, a half a day, you know, uh, is is like uh, four fifty, mm -hmm. and then like a, a full day is, is seven hundred. Uh, we'll do that now. Then you do have a website. It is uh, bigjpbass.com. Yeah. <laughs> Let me throw this up here. There it is, right there. It's got uh, the rates, and uh, I think I got to adjust the rates for this year. But okay. It's got all sorts of stuff on there. Uh, and like you said, Smallmouth Crush affiliate. Uh, but, and we haven't even really gotten into uh, the other fisheries. Like how often do you get up to Champlain? Because that's a fishery that I think would be very beneficial to have a guide on considering yeah, how big right? it is. So realistically, you know, as soon as the ice is off, the largemouth bite is predominantly good. Chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, mm -hmm. fishing shallow, power fishing, catching, you know, quality fish i mean back in years ago i would be confident i could take a guy out and get him 22 pounds on five fish down there but it just seems like the last few years that the quality that you'll catch plenty quantity right it's just the quality doesn't seem to be there um like it used to be uh the the north end is going to be extremely cold still in april it'll be thawed out but it's going to be they'll be done spawning on the south end and 100 percent post spawn and the fish on the north end are just pulling up on beds. Yeah, it's a big know, ass lake, lake when they're like doing that. that. Yeah. It's either power plant lake or giant lake. Those yeah. are the only two places that happens. So what I would like to you know, what I like to do is I like to do the the real early April, May, um largemouth, south end of uh Champlain and Ticonderoga, and then shift my gears to Oneida to catch the spawn, right? Because St. Lawrence isn't open yet, but 
<laughs> you can catch 20 yeah. pounds easily on Oneida, pre-spawn, spawn, immediate post-spawn. And it doesn't get much bass pressure that time of the year unless there's a tournament. Yeah, but like I think during like, the week, uh, it's like Cash and Rods does a uh, a paper yeah, tournament. But other than that, it. I mean, I've been there during the week and there's like two boats in the parking lot. Yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe they're not biting. You know, I've just been driving through up to Salem. You go out there and it's just, ur, 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 and you're like, what the <laughs> hell is everybody? It's like right there from Syracuse. Yeah. It's so close and no, nobody really yeah. fishes. How far is it from Syracuse? Like if you're doing business in New York, Syracuse, you got family there, you want to jump out for a day on Oneida, it's what, 30? 30 minutes 30 from Syracuse. Minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's that's straight up a perfect day guide trip. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun, you know, that time of year. Yeah. That time of year, you're going to have your rod bent a lot. Um, and it's not always going to be bass. No, you catch walleyes, drum, drum, a lot of drum. You can catch some hammer drum. Them things are oh, getting big massive, too. Flat uh, channel cats. <laughs> yep. You'll hook at least like if you're there during the channel cat spawn, you'll hook at least two of those suckers a day on a drum. And then shot. I seen gizzard. Not well, I don't know if they were gizzards, but I seen giant shad in there really? this spring. Oh, huge ones. They were swimming around right where the bass were spawning. I'm like, man, look at the size of those shad. And they were swimming around like yellow crazy. perch, pike. Yep, pickerel, pickerel, largemouth. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, it's a dynamic a, lake. That's a fun one. Sure. Which one, like personally, if you had if you had one day left to fish in New York and you had to pick the perfect fishery and the perfect day, what time of the year and what fishery are you spending your last day on? Oh, it, it would be the second week of July and it would be in Lake Ontario. Okay. Regardless of the weather. Are you booked for that week already? I have openings in July. Okay. Dates are picking or uh, filling in pretty quick here, but I have some openings in July still available. Um, the early season up there in Canada, you know, you got to pay for the Canadian license or whatever, but yeah. that is huge numbers and big bass. That's uh, the middle of April until May 10th. Um, the fishing's phenomenal up there that time of year, too. Okay. It's going to be cold and going to be windy and a little bit uncomfortable but and you're you're a working guy like you have a job so this is uh mainly what two three days a week yeah that you can have this weekends i do the primarily. weekends and then i use all my vacation time okay you know so if a guy calls me up and he goes hey man i really want to do these two days and it's a it's a tuesday wednesday or it's a mm -hmm. or you know friday he wants to come friday saturday i'll take the day off from work yeah. and go up there you know and listen if you're booked or you're working travis is a good call too absolutely yeah. Exactly. I owe a lot of my success uh, to Travis in, in the whole aspect of teaching me the system, yep. pushing me to get my guiding license, mm -hmm. and then the whole week of the guiding class, I'm calling him going, dude, I don't really think I'm going to pass this, and I <laughs> got a lot of money wrapped up. And, dude, it, it was uh, no, the it's hardest tough. I know a bunch of guys that they're life. like, dude, this has nothing to do with what I am ever going to do, but you have to know all this stuff. Yeah, and I, I think Justin was on. Was it was a Justin Hammer. Was, yeah, no, um, oh, Jones. Oh, uh, yeah, Jones. Justin Jones. He was talking. He was about talking that about too. how the chart plotting. I thought he said was kind of hard for him. Yeah, I'm a pipe fitter, so math and trigonometry and all that stuff is second nature. Oh, so the okay. teacher actually had me helping the people in the class that were struggling with that aspect because I was real good with the chart mm -hmm. plotting, right? the night before because then you're getting all rattled because yeah, 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 test yeah. timer but the rules of the road and them other written tests they're they're brutal oh it says you also guide i've never even heard of these places saratoga lake yeah never heard of that so saratoga lake is a lake that's closer to my house that'd be one that i would say you know four hour trip your rods bent the whole time the jerk bait fishing at ice out is absolutely Smallies. phenomenal large mouth large and small mouth we can catch small mouth there too but they ain't going to be the two and a half pounder yeah the largemouth, you can get them up to four or five pounds in there. 
And then what else is on the there? Great Skanda Naga Daga Lake. Great Sakandaga. Great. Wait, wait so, that's really the name of it? Sakandaga Lake. I kind of put that on there for the guys that are uh, <clears throat> more local that maybe they don't own a boat, but they want to go fishing. Yeah. Right. Because you're not going to catch trophy smallmouth bass out of Sakandaga Lake, but we'll catch 70. Oh, cool. So your rod is just bent. Where is that located in New York? It's just above Amsterdam. Okay. Uh, Broad Alban, Broad Alban, New York. Okay, is and then uh, the other one you got on there—that's a cool name, the Mohawk River. Oh, the Mohawk River, the mighty Mohawk. <laughs> so that's the sister <laughs> to the Hudson River. The Mohawk River has actually got gobies in it now. Uh, the smallmouth are getting real big. It's taken up to twenty-two pounds to win a five-fish tournament uh, there in the fall now. Oh, that's strong. And it's diverse because you can go down the river further, and it's all chestnut, mm -hmm. and you can punch for largemouth and frog for largemouth and stuff like that. Uh. Can you bring your own stuff? Do you provide stuff? Like, what are we fishing with? Sure. What are so, we fishing uh, out I, of? I provide everything but food, uh, just in case somebody's got a food allergy. But rods, baits. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to give someone drinks. a granola bar who's allergic to peanuts out in the middle of Lake <laughs> yeah, Ontario. <right. laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be fizzing fish one second, then fizzing an EpiPen into someone the next. Man, I, I got to tell you, I kind of learned that from Travis, too, because I like, we'll fish a team tournament. I'll be yeah. like, do you bring any food? He's like, for myself. And at first, I didn't really didn't get it, you know. And then I'm like, I wonder if he does that solely because yeah. he's Probably you know you get somebody some food that they can't have, right? Yeah. I mean, you get yourself screwed. and you're out in the Great Lakes, and somebody starts getting sick, you're in for a bad day. So, uh, but I provide all the tackle rods, reels, you know. What do we What do we use? Uh, Douglas rods, uh, all Douglas rods. I use the LRS series for uh, bait casters and the Matrix series for the spinning. Okay, so if you're a high end guy and you're used to throwing. Loomis, Daiwa, Shimano, and you're like, man, I don't want to fly up at smallmouth fish. Like, you're using top notch stuff. Yeah, they're top notch rods. Yeah, yeah sh all Shimano Verados. Yeah. I'm era Vanford's. Yeah. Vanford Reels 3000. Yeah, I mean, you're series. using a seven, eight hundred dollar setup. Yeah. 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 It's like they, I don't know if you yeah. saw the one video we did, but he had a fish and I had a fish, and then the fish got caught on another rod. And then he's like, just drop the rod. And I'm like, I ain't no, losing $900 for a fish, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cortland braid, you know, I'm a big fan of throwing mm -hmm. Cortland braid. And uh, I use a uh, Seaguar uh, in Vizex fluorocarbon as my uh, leader material. It's good stuff. And primarily spinning rods. Primarily spinning rods, yeah. So is that weird if you're a dude from down south, Louisiana, Texas, you're a, you're a bait cast thoroughbred oh yeah you get a lot of guys that are like can you switch this handle over to the right side i'm like yep no problem so i learned real quick the night before when i tell them what ramp we're going to go to now i ask you know what side do you because that takes time away from them yeah they, you know the to day switch of the trip it. For me but, to switch it i mean it's a great way to learn how to use a spinning rod in a day and age if you're a tournament fisherman spinning rods are becoming more and more prevalent yes and a lot of the trips were uh were guys bringing their kids that were in that were in high school and they were graduating this year and they were going to the college level and they were going to school uh -huh. to fish. So I'm assuming they were coming up to learn so that yeah. like if they end up here, they, you know, they got an idea of what's going on. Huh. Uh, and then what's the latest that you get out? Like does Canada close too on that date? In yeah. The, the bass fishing's done on November 15th, but then weather permitting Oneida is on fire at November 15th. A rig, jerk bait, A -rig crazy, swim bait, yeah. jig. Yep, swim bait, a rig. You mentioned the weather. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing that keeps guys from going out. Talk about how sketchy it does get on the lake. If you're 
not a fan of big open water. If you, you don't just kind of talk about that whole safety system and what you can expect if you're going out on the lake. Cause okay, I think so. that holds some people back. Yeah. So some people are like me dead. included when I first went out there, <laughs> like, I mean, I had to force myself like to go out with a buddy and be like, all right, we're going to glue and it's a little rough today. Let's grow a pair and learn how to do this right. safely. So, so the night before, if I'm looking at the weather and it's uh, it says 15 to 20 out no of the, anywhere out of the West, no I'm probably going to recommend that we ain't going on the lake because it's just not going to be enjoyable. You can do it. Yeah. I really, you're going to destroy your, my equipment. Right. And, <laughs> and depending on if you've ever even been in water like that, it might just ruin your whole day. You know I mean? You might end up getting sick. Yep. Uh, people get really nervous too. You know, water's coming. You're have fishing you had and the water's freak coming out in before? the boat. What's that? Have you had people freak out before? Like, well, no. Out? Luckily, now, like, uh, the only person I've had freak out is Gino. We were fishing uh, the like smallmouth crush open. It? Yeah, he's my best friend. Yeah. We were fishing the smallmouth crush open, and we were over on the on the New York eastern end of the lake. And I'm like, man, we got to get over to Canada and try to fill this limit out. And it was blowing, and we were in the troughs, and the waves were dumping into the boat. And he's like, I'm pretty sure that we're going to sink. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure we're going to be fine. And I think we aborted and went back, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would but not, you're not putting guide clients in I would that never do that with thing. a guide yeah. client. Yeah. No, we would stay That's in the river. That's a personal tournament yeah. fishing deal. Yeah, it's not enjoyable at all yeah. um, for the client whatsoever. You know, you have so many other options in the river to still have a really successful, enjoyable day. Cool. Uh, do you do any other species other than bass? No, well, I, on Oneida in the fall, I will do walleye trips, uh, even for keeps, because there's so many of them in there. If a guy's like, man, I want to go out there, I want to get my limit of walleyes, no problem. I don't problem. think I've ever spent a day on Oneida where I didn't catch five. Uh, it was three the first time I was there, and then this <laughs> last time they upped it to five. I don't think there's ever been a day I've gone out, because I live on Shackleton. It's the only place I know how to fish. <laughs> you see me out there at the kids' camp. I go, where we go? We drive right out to Shackleton. It's like two miles long. There's about a billion humps out there. And I just drift till my little heart's content. Oh, yeah. With the drop it's loaded, shot loaded with walleyes. There's a million walleyes yeah, in there. But I don't think there's ever been a day that I've gone out there where I haven't caught at least a limit of walleye. Right. Three the first time or five the second time. And they're all like perfect eater size, 16, 17 inches. Yeah. That's the nice thing about that lake is that, you know, I mean, if you want a trophy walleye, go to Lake Erie. We're yeah. up to call Travis and go to the St. Lawrence River. Because I mean, he does walleye stuff. Yeah, and he'll put you on some big walleyes. He's really good at yeah. it. Um, Oneida Lake. I'll get Travis on the show eventually, too. Yeah, here. for sure. I just, he's, he's like so well-known. You know, I want to get some some different diversity in there before we have some silent creepers, right? Day five conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> but the uh, Oneida Lake walleyes, they run that 15 to yep. 19 inches. And they in just their- up the limit. Yeah, to five, which a lot of the walleye guys weren't really thrilled with, but there's so many of them. Yeah, they overstocked us. I don't think, yeah, I, don't think they, I really think they overstocked them in there. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a nuisance, <laughs> which is hard to, hard to believe you're saying that about walleye. But uh, anything else you want to get in here? Anything else you think I'm kind of lead, leaving out? Like the whole goal of the show is to give people a feel for the fishery, if they've been thinking about going up there to get to know you as a guide to kind of give you the opportunity there. So anything that I haven't really mentioned. Yeah, so just, just basically, like if you're looking to come up and, and have vis- visually 
pleasurable scenery, right? The, even the scenery up on the St. Lawrence River with the castles and the oh, islands. And it's beautiful fantastic. up there, right? Yeah. And uh, I'd like to say that I have a, a, a pretty dynamic personality, right? And most of the people around yeah. me say I'm positive most of the time. Never really had anybody say that I'm negative. And uh, it'll be a great time. It's a good time. It's it's a good trip. Uh, there's other things to do. If, you, if a husband and wife flew out and the wife doesn't like to fish, they have boat trips along the river oh, that's a to look idea. at the castles Send and stuff the castles for the day while you go out and catch 25 pounds of large yeah, yeah and everybody's and happy back at the end and she can go to clayton at the end downtown clayton and they got the little shops with the trinkets yeah, and the shirts yeah. and stuff you know it's a it's a it's a destination spot not only for fishing but just for traveling and i recommend it uh to anybody okay how do you book and how fast are these things filling up because right now it is january 10th and most of the I mean, most people aren't thinking about what they're doing in right. so May, June, July. I, ha I have dates available. I'm pretty workable right now, but they, they will start really filling up at the end of this month. The boat shows start, right? The outdoor shows start. I'm going to be at the, uh, the New England Fishing Expo. Um, that's going to be at the end of January. And then at the uh, end of February, I'm going to be at the, uh, the Rockland Outdoor Show, which is still going on. And I posted the... Um, the new link to that okay. on my Facebook page. And uh, once those start happening and people start seeing and talking and getting the Jones, right. That's when the dates really start filling up. You can uh, hit me up on my Facebook JP's guide service, big JP guide service. Okay. Or the Instagram JP bass assassin. Ooh. At JP bass assassin. Yep. There you go. Or go to the website, big JP bass, and then click on the uh, contact. Uh, contact me. I also, can I talk about the raffle? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm also right now uh, doing a raffle because I wanted to just, you know, there's, it's a destination spot, right? Yep. 700 bucks is, you know, good money to go up and go fishing. And, you know, a lot of people, maybe that's out of the reach, right? But for 10 bucks, I'm selling raffle tickets and I'm going to raffle off trips, right? And uh, I'm going to draw on um, March 3rd at that Rockland show down in Suffern, New York. And you can do that through my Facebook and my Instagram. And I got my uh, Venmo and my PayPal on there. So for 10 bucks, you could win a full trip. Uh, yep, full, full trip. trip. Lodging's not included. All the information's on my yeah. page, right? And uh, there's no limit to the amount of tickets you buy. So if you got a buddy that wants to go, right? You guys are like, yeah, we'll throw 50 bucks at her ever, 25 bucks a piece. And then yeah. I pull your name out, right? You just got a $700 trip for 50 bucks. Sweet. So that would be on your Facebook page or yeah. at one of those deals. All right. Uh, did you talk about what you're fishing out of? I got the Ranger hat. Oh yeah, right. So we were uh, we were talking about that in the car on the way on the way to dinner. You've got a you've got a battle tank. Yeah, right. So I work with uh, Richie Thayer down at Thayer's Marine in Norwich, Connecticut, and uh, he's got me in a five twenty one R fifty fifth anniversary. It's actually the custom colored fifty fifth anniversary. It's got all the bells and whistles on it, right? And I got all the electronics. I got uh, Lawrence Garmin and Humminbird on the front. Mm -hmm. Tuller Ranch is on the back. This year, I actually put a uh, crappy cornfield mount on the front. So when it is really rough and you're out on the lake, you can still see the target because when the trolling motor is spinning around, it's kind of hard without it. So I, I run both forward-facing sonars, the LVS-34 and the active target from Lorance. That way, if somebody's like, hey, I got an active target. I can't really get it dialed in. I want to do a trip. Can you teach me? Mm -hmm. I also do electronics also. Okay. And then if you want to do the St. Lawrence River, let's say you had a group of four or something like that that you wanted to the earlier the better because what you most likely do 
you and Travis kind of team up. Yeah, absolutely. If you you called one group out in one boat, one group out in the other boat, you guys kind of work together, stay in the same area, and you all kind of have a day in separate boats, but. Yeah, the guys did that last year too. The, the four of them come up, right? Usually it's like a father son yeah. and a father son. And the two kids went with Travis one day, and I had the two fathers. And then the next day we switched it, right? Yeah. So they got the fish with both of us. So that's great. So, yeah, if you got four people and uh, you wanted to come up and make a trip, you just call me. We'll talk about a couple of dates. I'll make a phone call, make sure that he's got the same dates available, and then we'll get it, we'll get it all set up. I mean, to me, this it seems like you genuinely enjoy guiding. Uh, I've only seen you on the St. Lawrence, but as a whole, like you're always very passionate when you talk about it. Uh, I stayed at Travis's house during the open while you guys were guiding, which was weird because we never talked about fishing because I was so petrified of the off limits rules. So like (laughs) as soon as it was off limits, I was like, we can talk politics. We can talk whatever. (laughs) But like, but the effort that you guys put in as far as you know it's 11 o'clock at night and i'm getting ready for the open and you guys are up tying fg knots and looking at maps on uh the graphs and figuring out hey you know travis and you're going well i think this and this and this is where we're going and this is who i've got the next day you're calling the client kind of kind of figuring out what their expectations are what they want to do to me uh haven't been in this industry for a long time those are all good signs of a guy that cares that is passionate about it that isn't burned out and wants to put his guy on quality fish and have everybody in the boat have a good time man i I really appreciate that you know it is like a second full-time job but i i genuinely really love doing it uh i tournament fished for a long time i fished the opens for you know i think three full seasons in a row and then i cherry picked a couple and then i went back and i fished another season with travis and I still like fishing tournaments, right? But once, once you know, I got married and we had my son and I don't want to be traveling all across the, the northern part of the country anymore. And I was like, man, I still want to be able to go out and enjoy fishing and make it fun, right? And I was like, I'm going to just do this guiding thing and see what happens. And I, I absolutely love it. There's That's nothing awesome. better than at the end of the day, the guy telling you that was the best day of fishing I ever had in my life. And that probably happens more often than not, it doesn't it? a lot. <laughs> I mean, think about all the guides as we wrap up our second uh, day five here with JP. But think about all the guides who like grind out trips and they're just not around it. You get to guide on the best smallmouth fishery, arguably in the world. Yeah. It's like every day. <laughs> I think I think uh, my family, right? I got a lot of support. My wife lets me yeah. go on these trips and chase my passion and do the guiding. And my parents, they help out so much. You know, I'm so thankful to have the, the network at home. And I just think, you know, I think every day that I'm able to go up there and enjoy it. That's awesome. BigJPBass.com. Check it out, JP. Thanks for jumping on uh, the second day five guide. Listen, guys, I've gotten a lot of emails, uh, a lot of DMs of people saying, hey, I know I went on this trip. Uh, I'm a guide. I do this and I'm putting all those into a folder. Like I said, we're only going to do 30 of these shows, so we're not going to be able to get to everybody this year. Uh, but keep those coming. Uh, we're I'm shooting for two to three of these a month, 30, 30 a year for it for the day five. But uh, like I said, if you have been on a guide trip, if you're a guide uh, and 
think this might be up your alley to get on here to kind of let people know who you are, what you do. You have good stories. You have a big personality like JP over here. Like I said, when I found it, I said, yeah, you're worth driving up to Tulsa and picking, picking your ass up and bringing you back because you got some good stories and a good personality. Really so, appreciate but yeah, it, hit me up uh, at Matt Pangrak on Instagram or Matt at Bassone.com. Uh, and we'll get to it. I actually, uh, I haven't even talked to him, but I got a uh, uh, Matt Florentino who uh, works for AFCO. There's uh, a sponsor of the re- uh, regular show. So his dad, so they're in California and his dad is like a legendary calico bass guide, which is like ocean bass, right? Which I've never fished for before, uh, but want to. Uh, I, I got to have him on oh, yeah. because they like, so they like, from what I understand, they eat uh, spinner baits. They eat crankbaits, they eat swim baits, glide baits, and then you can punch them just like you do with bass, except through like kelp. <laughs> and they and probably then, fight twice as hard and, as Well, bass. yeah, and then you can like hold them like regular <laughs> bass. So uh, you might have to go with uh, Captain Florentino for an upcoming show. But uh, stay tuned. Uh, the website is uh, updated, fine tuned. Everything's on that. So go to basszone.com. For more information uh, on who's going to be on the next day five, uh, this Monday, the next regularly scheduled BTL, the owner of Bastrix. You ever throw back? You threw Bastrix. Yeah. Remember Bastrix back in the day? Yep. And they've made a, a massive resurgence under new ownership, new products. So the owner of Bastrix is going to be on Monday uh, to talk about that kind of legendary West Coast plastic. Nice. Dude, I got to get you back to Tulsa. Like I said, we're filming this on uh, on a Wednesday night, and uh, you're working, so you got an early morning. I've got day four tomorrow with Frank Scalish, but this will then air on Friday. Awesome. So thanks, thanks again dude. For the I appreciate it. I enjoyed I the really heck out of it. it. I always learn. I think you know everything, and then you do a show, and you learn so much more. So all right, this has been another edition of Day Five Guide Day with BTL. We'll talk to everybody on Monday.